Hey everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to The Witching Hour. I have a great guest for you today, author and witch, Cardsy B. But before I bring on Cardsy, where's Patty? If you are listening or watching this on the week we first drop, which is the week of Monday, August 28th. Yep, August is almost over. I probably just arrived home from a whirlwind tour. I just got back from Michigan Paracon, which I'm sure was fabulous. Um, before that, I was filming with the Ghost Finders, which I'm sure was fabulous. And before that, Hexfest, which I'm sure was fabulous. As you maybe can tell, I am taping this just before leaving for all of them, so a little earlier than usual, but I still kind of know what's going on. So I am home, I'm probably exhausted, and I'm sure I haven't even unpacked yet because that usually takes me a couple days anyway. Uh, but I am going to be teaching my regular Tuesday class at University Magicist, uh, magicu.org or universitymagicist.com. Um, my goddess series on Wednesday with Father Sebastian. And of course, Wednesday, the Witches Movie Coven, Heather, Jason, Courtney, Richard Lael, and myself, witches talking about witches in movies and television shows. It's really fun. We never agree. We pull old, old movies, new, new movies, good ones and bad ones, but they all have a wee bit of a witchy theme. Um, so join us live because we do it live on YouTube, up on my social medias. So you guys get to participate, give us your opinions and give us your thoughts right in the chat. We put them up on board. So um, make sure you go to Witches Movie Coven. Other than that, my first trip is... I might have something early in September, but I can't tell you yet. By the time this really airs, I'll probably know, but oh well. But I do have a beautiful witchy weekend in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the 21st through the 24th of September. Workshops and private sessions and seances in this beautiful shop in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So check it out um, on all my pages and things. Then I'm going to Massachusetts, Mass Paracon, um, the 28th through October 2nd with my friend Sam Baltrusis and all sorts of fun East Coast folks. Um, and then I'm kind of, I've got Orange County Paracon. Um, Vulture City that I've been talking about has been postponed until next year, but I've got three other things in the work for that same weekend. But it's too much to tell now and some of it's not set, but where you can always find it is on my website. Just go to pattynegri.com, P-A-T-T-I-N-E-G-R-I, -T -T -E and more than you ever want to know about me. You can get to my YouTube page with all my videos and these videos and my magic lessons and my television shows and link into my articles and books and everything else. Um, and while you're online going to my figure out what I'm going to do and where I'm going to be, make sure you also go to mysterycontrol.com, which you can get to from my website. You can get there because of course you need some merch. You need some of my new spellcaster line. Who doesn't need, you know, a, a power shirt, a luck shirt, a love shirt. They all have a spell right within them. And then of course, my new passion, Patty's power panties. Change your underwear, change your life. Again, they're done with magical sigils and symbols and intent and uh, they work. I've been doing it for decades and now you guys can too. So mysterycontrol.com. You can even wrap yourself up in a witch's movie coven blanket. They have all sorts of great other things. So I'll see you online and maybe I'll see you all over the country. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of my Witching Hour family. It means the world to me.
Find your magic. It's everywhere. Okay. Hi, everybody. Guess what time it is? It is time for the Willow Report. Yes, this little princess who tends to fall asleep during the Willow. I guess I'm not that excited. Am I, Willow? Yeah. Anyway, today what I thought I would talk about a little bit is I always talk about her play dates and kind of our semi-organized. All the puppies come over to our backyard many days a week and the puppies play and they all get along great. Um, now, not everybody can have that. Not everybody has a weird neighborhood like I do where everybody hangs out and gets together with their dogs. But a lot of people do go to dog parks. There's dog parks everywhere now. So I just wanted to go over a little bit kind of the etiquette when you're bringing big groups of dogs together, especially some that don't know each other. Um, first off, know your dog. You know that your dog is not aggressive and work with it before you take it to something like that. Know that your dog is healthy and not ill or anything because you don't want to take a sick dog because you don't want anybody else to take a sick dog. Um, make sure, of course, that you're a good pet owner or baby owner, your dog's had all your vaccinations and shots and anything that they need. And then when you get there, you know, feel out your dog before they go too far. So um, some other little things to watch for is don't give other dogs, like so you might bring treats, you might be working with your dog and treats and all of the other dogs are going to gather around. Don't give dogs treats unless you ask their owner. Because a lot of dogs are on, that has happened to us before, a lot of dogs are on very specific diets or their health reasons or for whatever. So that cute little treat that makes your dog happy might be really bad for another dog. So don't just people think, oh, here, you have one and you have one. Make sure that you ask the person with the dog's person with before that you can do that. Also check out the water, monitor the water. There's usually a place you can refill and stuff, especially on more public places. So again, you want your puppy to have the best amazing experience. Get to know other dogs. Um, dogs often, once they're off leash, get along really well. The hardest part is on leash because they, 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 they're being held and they're not quite comfortable. But so if you haven't experienced one, go take your pup, check out a a play date. Now here in the city, there's lots of indoor play dates where they can get together at puppy puppy parks and all sorts of stuff. But it's a thing that I'm sure almost every dog would like to get out, socialize. And by the way, you get to meet people and other people too. So it's good for the people and good for the pups. But just make sure that you're a really responsible pup owner with your baby, even if she wants to go to sleep. There's the yawn. There's the yawn. She's been having some really big play dates lately. That's the Willow Report. Okay, for this week's magic lesson, we're going to talk about my 30-second elemental balancing exercises. Because it seems like these days, whatever's going on, maybe it's the heat of summer, maybe it's the world, maybe it's everything. Um, people are a little stressed lately. People are not in their best space. and most of it is because we are out of balance. When we're in balance, we can handle things. I mean, all the same stuff is going to happen, but we can handle it better when we're in balance. And nothing's in balance right now. Part planetary, part personal, part everything going on. So, um, and if you, some of you know this, that's okay. It's good to hear it again because you have to remind yourself to do it once in a while. So, 
first off, put your whole body into the four elements. You know, I'm an elemental witch, air, fire, water, earth. Your earth is who you are, your persona. Oh, that's Betty. She's such a nice and funny girl. Your womb, your home, that is your earth. That's in the north. Your fire is your passion, creativity, that much, your, the beating of your heart. Oh, that which makes you get up and want to go in the morning. So north and south, who you are and what drives you, basically, what moves you forward. But where we get off balance is west and east. So west and east. And I'm using a witch elemental compass because almost everything works off a compass. West, and of course, like an airplane going like this, west is our water it's, it's our emotions. It's 60% of our body and it has to flow. It can't get stopped up, stuffed down, ignored, not paid attention to. Water has to flow. And air in the east is our breath. It is our thought pattern, is our focus. It is our clarity. So if you put your whole body, your whole life um, into air, fire, water, and earth, just like the elements, it's who you are, what drives you, your emotions, and your thoughts. So what gets off balance more than anything else? Your emotions and your thoughts. And what do we need more than anything to survive more than a few minutes or a few days? Water and air. So, okay, so you have these elements and they are part of us and we live on this beautiful planet of earth. No matter how magical we are, we are still earthly beings right now. So the next time you are not as happy as you could be, or maybe you're not as productive as you could be, or equally bad, not as conscious as you could be. You don't want to be asleep at the wheel, phoned in, automatic pilot, because guess what? You're missing life. I go to work every day. So if you're not as happy or productive or conscious, go, okay, what, what element is out of balance right now? One will be more than the others. Is it my emotions? Is it my emotions? I'm really mad. I got in a fight with somebody or somebody flipped me off on the freeway. That is your water element. Guess what will fix you? Water running water. Think how good you feel every time you take a shower, no matter what, it improves your mood. It's literally like an aspirin takes away a headache. You don't know how, you don't have to know how it does it. Running water takes away that emotional stress. So, but you can't jump in a shower every day or some people can't. I mean, I mean, many times a day, every day, hopefully. Um, but you can find running water. You can run your hands under a sink, a bathroom, a kitchen, you know, a drinking fountain, a hose, pouring a little bottle of water a few drops onto your hand. So the next time you're going, oh my gosh, I'm angry or sad or scared. I just got angsty and I don't even know what it is, but it's the emotional level. Mind, body, spirit. You know, all my magic, my spell crafting goes with the psychology of mind, body, spirit. We'll never surpass our thought pattern. Mind, body, we got to get off the couch. And spirit, mm, that's the battery. That's the magic behind it. So mind, body, spirit, I'm going to get rid of this angst, sadness, anger, fear, whatever. Walk up to the sink or whatever. First, put in your head, mind. Okay, with this water, I am going to release this anger, angst, fear, sadness, Run your hands, body, underwater for 30 seconds. You know, we have portals in our hands, all the like healers and Reiki works with their healers. The water is the touchstone. It's the aspirin for the headache. So mind, body, spirit, within 30 seconds, all that excess emotion that you don't need and is not helping the situation anyway, will run out of you and down the drain to be transmuted. It's not going to get stuck inside of you. It's really, really released versus storing it in your jaw or storing it in your belly, all that. It's just released and it's gone.
Now, if you need to deal with what caused it, you can as a sane person. If you're so mad at the person over there, it's now you can go, okay, this is why I'm mad at you. With, so they might actually hear you. But say it isn't your emotion. No, it's my head. I can't think straight. I am foggy. I can't focus. I've got all this. It just, it's in my head. It's my thought process. That's your air element. That means you need air. You're probably not breathing well. Nobody does anymore. We're always such in a hurry in our modern world. We're breathing fast. We're, go <laughs> we're going. So you need air. But besides just doing some nice, slow breathing exercises, which will do it and work, a really fast and 30-second way to do it that just kicks it out is add some vowels to it and that mind, body, spirit, 30-second exercise. Um, vow I do a lot of sound work. Um, chanting and working, a lot of heck of work. Every sound we make actually has an effect on us. Every vowel, every consonant, the force and the function. Um, and without giving you a full lesson in heckas that you don't want, vowels clear the head. Vowels open things up, the whole crown of illumination. Almost think about it, almost every sacred word is a vowel. Amen, om. Uh, Native American, hey, uh, hey. East Indian, hi, uh, for a roller coaster, ah. I love oh it's a valve to open up this crown it just comes from out of us so you're chatty you're foggy you have an important presentation you can't make it or you just can't even think straight mind body spirit okay whether you're talking to your brain itself whether you're talking to the element of air whether you're talking to god or deity or your higher guides okay with okay head god whatever with 30 seconds of deep breathing with this 30 seconds of vowels i'm going to bring in the air out element and clear this out so whether you're going ah or om or e i e i o with your kid within 30 seconds that chatter will stop the fog will lift and the clarity will come in that easy that easy. Trust it. Okay. Okay. It's not my emotions and it's not my thoughts, even though it usually is. I'm just not feeling grounded right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm out of my body. A lot of especially gifted people, it's most of you listening. We leave our body. I spent like my youth out of my body. Um, you need to get grounded for whatever you that's earth. You need to get grounded, hug a tree, stand barefoot on dirt or grass. But if you can't, if you're on the 35th floor of your office building and uh, you can, all the plants are plastic, just touch anything wood or stone, a wooden desk, a wooden chair, a granite countertop, a crystal, a diamond, something you have in your ring, a pencil, a wooden pencil still has that spirit of that tree. So grab that wood, grab that stone, take a deep breath with your intention, um, mind, body, spirit. Now, you might be talking to that spirit of the tree or this in the little rock or crystal that you have in your pocket. Okay, with this, with this tree, with this rock, I need grounding. So whether you're talking to the spirit of the tree or the sturdiness of the rock or whatever it happens to be, um, with 30 seconds, I want to pull it in. Everybody feels this one a little bit differently. I literally feel it like this warm earthen blanket wraps around me and I'm safe and I'm grounded. Some people feel it makes them feel like a tree with, ooh, strong with roots deep into the earth and branches that reach up into the sky. But however it is, you will be grounded within 30 seconds by just finding a little wooden pencil, if nothing else, or a stone, a little semi-precious stone in your ring. Okay. Okay. It's not your head. It's not the, it's your fire. It's your fire element, which adds to, so um, 
maybe you got too much fire and you're angry besides the emotional you just got this energy and it's just too much and you got too much fire and so all these things are happening everywhere you're seeing it wrong or maybe you don't have enough fire you're uh, i don't want to go maybe you have a hot date and you're just not feeling it that's fire um your spiritual practice that's fire too from the holy spirit of christianity to working with your guys that's fire or maybe you're just tired. You have all the earth in the world, but you got to get up extra early and you just got to get out of the earth and into the fire. And you can't dance around a bonfire, which is always my first choice, you know, light a candle, bonfire. But if you can't, and often you can't, the heka, again, the sound magic for fire is Z. Zzzz. Ask any little kid, what does a bee sound like, Bobby? Zzz. That is the hecka to pull that kundalini energy in. So, okay, I need to balance out, lessen, or increase my fire. So whether you're talking, again, to the beating of your heart fire, the breath of a dragon, the Holy Spirit, a volcano exploding, pale, whatever that is, or just the element of fire itself. With this 30 seconds of deep breathing, with this 30 seconds of zzz, I need to pull in the fire element. So zzz. Now, 30 seconds is a long time. That was about four, four seconds. So you might get dizzy. That's okay. Sit down. But within 30 seconds, you will balance out and have all the fire you need in either direction. You might feel a little tingling in the base of your spine coming up. But you'll have that passion. You'll have that fire. You'll have that connection to spirit that you need. All of these are free. All of these you could do anywhere. And all of these take 30 seconds. And there's something that we in our God or nature given body already have. We just kind of forgot over the millennium. So magic is everywhere. And a whole lot of it is in nature. And you are nature. That's the magic. I've got some great magic for you today, and we get to know her together. I have the one and only Rebecca Simzak, a.k.a. Cardsy B. She's a writer, celebrity tarot reader, and wellness influencer. Her work has been featured in Nylon, Shape, Bustle, MTV, and The Zoe Report. She quit her fashion career to dive deeper into her intuitive gifts after experiencing a dark night of the soul. She now uses tarot to guide clients, including celebrities, C-suite executives, artists, and entrepreneurs to their own inner knowing and healing abilities. In addition to creating her signature tarot deck, Badass Bitches Tarot, Cardi B is the host of Hex in the City podcast. She writes monthly tarot scopes for various publications and is the author of Saturn Diaries, A Modern Day Grimoire, this beautiful book, which she just sent me. Thank you very much. So welcome, Cardi. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I am such a fan of your work, of everything you have like created over the years. It's so funny. I still reference you for doing the seance in the um, Cecil Hotel. That's like incredibly yeah. badass. I feel like everything you've done, I'm like, oh, so iconic. So being able to be a part of the Witching Hour, I love this podcast. I also love the um, the movie Coven that you do. Uh, I've I found new films through you as well as as hearing about some of my faves. So it's it's an honor to be here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That is so sweet. Yeah, I find films too because 
the rest of our team is much better movie buffs than I am. It's like, oh, I've never seen that one. I've ne- So now I'm like 2 a.m. I'm watching, you know, good and bad and witchy, wonderful movies. So thank you for that. I love it. Shout out to you. Um, so uh, I, you have an interesting story. Um, I saw one place, it, it was like literally um, fashion bitch to wellness witch. So, I mean, that's a big jump. So do you want to tell a little bit of how your path got started and you ended up doing this kind of work? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because I resonate a lot with your story of how you had kind of um, had a remembrance of your magic. You're like, oh, this wasn't in my lineage that you know of or what you didn't grow up with it. I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm a second or third generation witch or, you know, second generation healer. It does not at all run in my family. I came from the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, like near Amish country, but it was something I was always drawn to. Like I would save my allowance and buy tarot decks in grade school and astrology books. So I feel like it may be a remembrance of a past life, but definitely didn't grow up with it. Um, I was grateful that my parents were kind of like we don't know what she's into but hopefully this you know like we're gonna let her let let her roll with this and read these books and um it wasn't as popular back then in like the 80s and 90s i'm so grateful that it is much more accessible today but i kind of um just like like didn't lose interest but kind of pursued other other routes in terms of my career with fashion as i was going into high school um college and then that's where where it took me and it wasn't until i had a massive dark night of the soul i was this like high level fashion executive. I worked with um, John McCarran, designed for Nike, was the creative director and VP of design for Playboy, and had this massive meltdown in my Saturn return, which that's the the time that when your um, Saturn returns to the place it was when you were born. And a lot of times that comes with many many lessons from the universe if things are not aligned. And at that point, I lost my big, you know, splashy job. Uh, I got a divorce, one of my very best friends passed away. And just all of these things that were kind of ego identifiers were being pulled out from my life. And on the other side of that, I came back to reading tarot, just like pulling one card a day to kind of tap back into my intuition because I felt so lost in in that time period. And that's how I came back to remembering like, oh, hey, I'm actually really good at this and reading tarot and some of the things from the from the the mystical world and from Wiccan and pagan practices that I hadn't really connected with since I was a child. And I never thought that this would be my full time career. But because it offered me a lot of connection and guidance, I was reading for other people. And it just kind of um, very like, organically unfolded into then creating my tarot deck, my podcast, and then um, my book that came out last year. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. So you've been full circle and around and back to where when you were a kid. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, having all that other history is going to help you in this too, all of it. To me, all my worlds, I had all my different worlds and my production company melded together to make you that nobody else would be you. So, so tell us about what is the Saturn Diaries? So yeah, because my kind of dark night of the soul occurred in my Saturn return, Saturn returns to the place where you were born every, I think, 27 to 31 years. So we have our first one at that age, 27 to 31, the second one, late 50s, early 60s. And if we're lucky, a third one in our our 90s. And um, they say, like, if you have uh, learned the lessons in the in the first one, it gets easier as, as you go on. But I was living very much kind of in a, a, a life of expectation of what I thought I was 
was supposed to be doing and what was expected of me. And I was like, oh, this looks successful on paper. I had like the quintessential marriage, but like there was a lot of, we were unhappy in it. I was in this big slashy corporate career, but I was a functioning alcoholic and addict behind the scenes. And so when, when that time hit, it really pulled all of the things that I thought were my, what made me me, but were also not really aligned in my life. Um, and that is when I came back into a lot of my practices in witchcraft. So the book is kind of the journey through that like dark night of the soul. Um, and at the end of each chapter, there's a, a kind of a healing, uh, whether it's a spell, a ritual, an herbal elixir that I accidentally in most cases stumbled upon. And I kind of outlined how we can work with those um, in, in different periods in our life, whether it's calling in abundance, whether it's heart chakra healing. So there's um, a chapter of kind of, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a true story. It's a memoir of my story. Um, it's written very much like Sex in the City. So there's a lot of levity, even in, even in the dark moments, but um, in any chapter concludes with a, a spell of ritual or an elixir. Yeah, I like it. I like the elixirs and stuff too. Going through, it's like, oh, that's a nice one. I'll have to try that. So you guys have to check this out. So how does this work? So you lived your life, the, the perfect life on the outside, and then it, it kind of crashed on you. How does your new practice or your new belief system, um, whether it's ritual practice or your belief system, how has that changed your life for you to be your like authentic self? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I think it's why I love tarot and Wiccan practices so much because it kind of helps me to tap in with my inner knowing versus um, things that I had, whether even even if it was my past self, I think a lot of my life in my 20s and early 30s, it was like, that's what I had set out to do. So I had to continue. It was like, well, I said I was going to achieve this, or I said I was going to, you know, um, focus in this industry or do these things. So I just have to check off the list and continuing to uh, work with rituals and work with the tarot, I'm constantly checking in and being really present of like, what is my inner guidance system telling me and seeing where that shows up and allowing me to change course and pivot when necessary. And I think we're kind of programmed in like society, the opposite way of like, just like follow the course. There's a lot of uh, restrictions that we place on ourselves or that we're kind of somewhat programmed within. And I find that witchcraft is very freeing and allowing us to flow with what our inner guidance system is showing us. Beautiful. Yes. And I, I, like you said, that in when you were growing up, when you were younger, it wasn't as open as it is now. Now, witchcraft is the largest growing religion in America. And it's like the coolest thing to be, which is so funny because I was like, how many decades ahead of this? Am I? Yeah, you're such a badass. Like, it's so crazy because I was you always have this like big sister energy to me where I love you. I love everything that you've done. And I I, I feel like it, it was very stigmatized for such a long time. And I look at like, you know, I'm an elder millennial, but I look at like millennials and Gen Z and like, thank goodness it's so accessible now. But um, like, even uh, as I was growing up, there were other mothers that would criticize my mom for letting me have tarot decks and like astrology books and like, oh my gosh, that's satanic because of the whole, and especially that time period of like the satanic oh, yeah. panic of the eighties. And, you know, like people were scared of me because I was doing those things. So the amount of progress it's made over the years, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, me too. It makes me, again, it's a, it's a belief system, taking responsibility for your life, creating for your life. You're the one in charge of doing it. And I, I think that's exactly what the planet needs. So now if somebody's listening to this, a lot of these are people just getting into it, or I've got old practitioners and, you know, knowledgeable people forever. But if somebody's kind of going, 
okay, my life's a little whacked right now. I don't know. I'm not near my Saturn return or anything like that, but my life is not what I want it to be. What are some of the, I know you went back to your tarot card. What are some suggestions you think that people could like start with a one little thing or two little things? Yeah, I think that um, if there's anything that resonates with you, so for me, obviously it was tarot. And if that's the case, if you're interested in tarot, even just pulling one card a day and asking the, the you know, your higher self, the universe, what do, what do I need to, to know today? Or what do I need to pay attention to? That's really powerful. If it's something, if you're more drawn to numbers, for example, where are they popping up? Where allowing, asking universe, your higher self, like show me signs that I can work with um, and seeing where that pops up throughout, throughout your day I'm um, also like in in my book as you mentioned I have a lot of herbal elixirs and I find herbology really really helpful of working intentionally even if I think like this the, the spells in my book get more a little bit more complex as you go throughout the book because that's kind of how my practice adapted but even in the first chapter it's adding cinnamon for your into your coffee for intuition and kind of enhancing that intuition and abundance so I think that there's small ways of ritual work in your day-to-day -day that do that doesn't mean you have to like go out and get a ton of exhaustion rare supplies it's really working with intention and ritual so that we can tap back in to our inner guidance system within that of knowing like if I'm putting the cinnamon in my coffee spinning it clockwise to call in how is that going to show up throughout my day and did I notice that I was a little more connected with my intuition by using that ritual in the morning yeah oh that's beautiful yes and clockwise and cinnamon is good and gives yeah. you some fire too yeah uh, so what do you think I mean crazy times that we're living in, of course. And again, I think that's why the resurgence of this new spirituality a little more authentic is the word I'm using today, which I don't usually use spirituality. Um, how do you think it's still misunderstood though? I mean, do you get peace if you were in this corporate fashion, New York world, and now you're in this woo woo witchy world, have, have people had misunderstandings or do you have any old friends who are like, she's gone oh, mad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because my LinkedIn used to be like global vice president, and now it's chief witch officer of cardsdb.com. So there's definitely like a, oh, what exactly? A hundred percent. And originally, I always say it was um, more challenging in ways to kind of come out of the broom closet than to come out as a lesbian. Because when I came out as a lesbian, I was very, I mean, there was challenges with that. I was very fortunate, like well-received. Um, and I had a lot more fears around coming out of the broom closet. I, it's why even my ex-wife's nickname for me was Cardsy B, um, because she, they, they all used to call me Miss Cleo pulling cards all the time. And she was like, well, that's taken. So she's actually quite witty. She lives in LA. And uh, she's she, she's a writer and she she came up with Card ZB and that was uh, that kind of stuck. So when I started my Instagram for my tarot because I was it was growing and I was doing readings and events in, in New York a few years back, I was like scared to put it under my own name of oh my gosh exactly what you're saying like what are all these people that knew me as this executive in the fashion industry gonna think? And then it just took off and now people actually like call me Card Z and it's a it's a nickname that just stuck that I that I love. But I even took on a separate which identity and which name because of that fear. And I have I have to say, I've been very fortunate in terms of I haven't had a lot of negativity thrown at me. I, I do occasionally get the like the people that are extreme, like from the religious extremists that'll tell me like, 
I'm from the devil and you know, like it's satanic. And I've also been told that I'm from the Illuminati. I'm like, I think I would have like a bigger, a bigger home and probably an auto-tune pop album if I was in the, you know, in the Illuminati, yeah. but um, sure. Thank you for that. So I do get some crazy extremists that I've gotten, you know, hate DMs and messages from, but for the most part, I've, it, it's been all positive uh, comments and feedback in my social media. But yeah, no, I yeah, we're always gonna get that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do I look evil? You know, it's like use common sense. Do I, oh, I put my horns down? Totally. Ah, <laughs> uh, so um, what is the one I like? I mean, I like cinnamon in the coffee and I like doing something divination-wise. That means you're looking inward. Um, any other do you get I mean, one thing about I'm a very elemental witch, I am all about the elements and getting in nature. Is that part of your practice and work too, or something you work with, with people? Yeah. You know, I, I, it's interesting because I was always such a city, which I came from Manhattan before Miami. And I know this is still like, you know, a big city, but I love working a lot, um, doing rituals on the full moon on the beach and where I can be working with nature and being in, in the element of nature with certain uh, lunations and certain portals in, in astrology and full moons and new moons. And if you don't have access, which was always the case for me living in Manhattan before, I, I really like to work with creating moon water in those portals. So just like bottling water, I always do it in a glass container, surround it with crystals that I'm working with for those intentions and putting it, if you, are, if you have an outdoor space, a balcony, if you're in a teeny tiny apartment, even just like a window that has moonlight exposure, and then working with that water with um, with my spell work throughout that moon cycle or even like adding it creating my tea with that moon water of like okay I'm using this this full moon in Aquarius to call in change and innovation in my work so making that in my tea or coffee in the morning and really sitting with that as I start my day calling in that intention that's beautiful yeah I'm a moon girl too that is beautiful I like how you have your your book in chapters part one the tower that must have been your crash yeah <laughs> moon so it's your 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 journey of sorts so if somebody feels really really stuck okay they don't know what their path is maybe they're they're a baby witch maybe they've been practicing a lot but they they do look at their life and they go where did this life come from this isn't what i whether it's relationship or career or work or even like you said what we're supposed to be because that's how we're raised who to, to be who we think we're supposed to be um if somebody's make first making that um kind of like observation, but then they often they'll get scared. They'll get like, I, I, this is too overwhelming. Um, so, so again, other than I love pulling a tarot cards and the, and the tea, how would you suggest somebody to go, okay, you can't throw your life down that maybe you don't have a quite a dark night of the soul, but this isn't working. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I know you've talked about a lot on your on your podcast and other other media that you've um, that you've been on is that witchcraft is really reclaiming your power. And mm -hmm. I, I look at that very much in the same way that you do, which is why I resonate so strongly with your work. And I think that when we have those moments of feeling powerless, of feeling like this doesn't feel like me, maybe it's something we've outgrown, maybe it's an awakening to something that we were doing that wasn't really from our from our own path. I think that like what I tend to look at is am I 
am I choosing this choice out of old programming? Am I choosing it out of fear of like the fear of the unknown of change, the fear of if I leave this, um, how is that going to disrupt my life? And I think that when we look at, is it a choice out of fear? How can we reclaim our power? If we can make a different choice, great. If we feel like that's not feasible today because of real world restrictions, like having to pay the rent, if you hate your boss or you hate your job, what are the ways that we can start to take our power back? And I think that that can look like Pull, like yes pulling a tarot card a day working with rituals of, of shifting the intention that we go into each day of like i'm opening the universe my higher self my guides to to bring change about let me be as tuned in to where those those doors are opening as possible we'll start to see the shift so i definitely have rituals spells for working with those energies throughout my book but even just setting those intentions it could be journaling in the morning around that it could be like adding that moon water for for change and disruption or um opportunities opening in your tea in the morning. But I think the more that we sit with what feels a little bit off in those moments, because I believe, I think it's a, I'm going to totally butcher this. I think it's Oprah or Maya Angelou, but it's a quote of like, first like speaks to us and then a whisper and then an audible tone and then a shout. And I think if you can acknowledge the whispers when something is a little bit off and you're like, this doesn't feel like me anymore. Something needs to shift. You're, you're going to be able to work more with the guidance of what you're being seen from your higher self through the magical realms to make those changes. I would say, don't be like me. Don't let the universe kick the shit out of you <laughs> to let it happen um, because it's going to be a much easier process. If you're like, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I'm getting the whispers. How can I be guided and how can I receive help from from the from the other side, from my spirit guides, from my ancestors, from from those loved ones that have passed, because they will show up if we ask. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, but everything. I mean, sometimes we do. I mean, you had your that life, and I had my my weird health challenges. So we do. We yeah. sometimes often do have to get kicked in the butt. And if all yeah. of you say my, you know, it's not my life. It's whatever. That's okay because all that bad stuff we could look at as bad stuff or we could look at it as lessons that we got from it or a challenge. Everything is perception. So you wouldn't be exactly who you are. You wouldn't have written this book had you yeah. not through all of that. And, and well, you're, you're bringing light. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I think that's such a, like that in and of itself is so powerful to reclaim because the darkest of it for me was I literally lost all of my money. I had gone from this like Carrie Bradshaw life in, in New York to losing everything, living in squalor with like cockroaches, rats, a gas leak. I had a suicide attempt mm -hmm. and then came through it to the other side. And you know, it did, it did get really dark. And that's why I always say in the book, a lot of the reviews have been like, I laughed and cried in the same chapter. And I do now look back with like a lot of, a lot of gratitude, which allows me to bring levity to the story because there was light even, even in the darkest parts of that. But I agree with you. Um, people have asked me that, like, you know, if you had that are in their own like dark moments of if you had to do it over. And I'm like, absolutely. Like I would, I would have my memory wiped. I would go back into that horrible apartment because I know that was what brought me into my path and put me more in my purpose. That's beautiful. Yeah, because I just think, you know, there, there's wisdom out there somewhere more than we have or know in the moment. <laughs> um, do you have any, a couple little stories of like a, a memorable experience in itself where you had that little thought change or magic change or spirit checked in? Yeah, I'm 
I mean, I think that there have been, um, and it's an ongoing process that it's, I'm sure you feel like this, the way that it shows up continues to surprise me. And I think that like one of the, this is like, just like a lighter. And this is, this is a chapter in the book as well. I had, I had left a really, um, toxic relationship. And this is after my, my divorce. Um, and I was, I knew I had to leave. We've all been in those. It's kind of like what you're saying about those people that are, um, might be having those moments right now of like, Oh, I need to, I need to exit this job or I need to move or I need to leave this like toxic boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, I had one of those moments, but I wasn't yet ready to do it. So I created my own spell kind of on the spot. And this is, this is a few years back when people still used cash a lot more. It wasn't, everything was cashless. So I, um, like did a spell on a dollar bill and I drew a Tinkerbell cause she used to call me Tinkerbell cause I'm petite and blonde and magical. <laughs> so I, um, I wrote, I wrote this out and I released the dollar bill at this like coffee shop and I, I, I planned it. It was right near her house where she lived in, the, in a small area. So I'm like, chances are it's going to come back because she gets her coffee here all the time. You know, like I was kind of trying to mana force that the dollar found its way back to her. Um, years later, and I, what I said to the universe after and kind of was the spell was, um, if this if this comes back to her, like she'll definitely was like, she, she would know it was me. She would call me. And that means we're supposed to get back together. Because I was like planning, I was broke up with her. And I was like, okay, this will mean we're supposed to get back together. And um, if if it if not, I know that like I meant to, I meant to go on for as long as this is separated from me, that which is for you cannot go by you. That was kind of my mantra in this spell. So two years later, I was in a um, having brunch with some of my friends in New York. And this like, I released this out in Long Island and it came back in, in Manhattan. So I was sitting there and it was me and, and two of my best friends. They're like, oh, our machine is down. Um, we can't take credit card paid in cash. And it, like my friend, I didn't even see it. My friend was like, oh, we got a fancy dollar bill. And it was, it was that, it was the one that I had drawn the little silhouette of Tinkerbell and like signed my name. And it came back to me at a place that I had also really reclaimed my life and moved through a lot of the healing and stepped into my tarot practice and all of this. And so I, I have those moments that I very much am like magic is real. And when we work with spellcraft, we see the results of it. Yep. Always. That is great. So did you contact the person? Did you contact her? Oh, no, no. It was definitely like, it was it meant was just, to not be like, it was meant to come back to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was kind of like, oh, if she's, if she finds oh, it. Like, oh, that's so. right. If she got it, she'd call you. It came back to you. Yeah. It's- it came back to me. So, and it's so funny because it was not like someone who I'm definitely, I'm definitely not meant to be with that. And I sent her like love, but I'm not meant to be with her in this lifetime. And so my, my friend that was with me who knew the whole story was like shocked and staring at the dollar bill. And she was like, you have to lock that up. Don't recklessly put that back out into the world again. So now it's literally in one of my drawers with like all of my candles and my herbs, like just like the the equivalent of like the Annabelle doll, like don't let it out there in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, that is so, what a great story. So what about like you have things tucked and we have our candles and we have all our things. Um, are you much of an altar girl? Do you have, does that help you part of your practice? Yeah, yeah, I um, I do. And when I, I change it seasonally for sure. And then when I have like events, I don't know if you do this. I, when I have like events, I created an altar for my book when my book was coming out. So it was kind of all like um, crystals, herbs, like tarot card symbols around the the success and kind of getting my book out in the biggest way to help heal as much as possible. Um, yeah. Do you, do you work with altars like seasonally yeah. as well? Yeah. Well, completely seasonally, completely for individual. I mean, pretty much every flat surface in my house is an altar to something. It's just, 
what what I do. But um, that's yeah, beautiful. that is because you get the visual, you get the energy that's created off it, um, and it, it's working for your book. So and it's out into the world. What was I mean? You went through this whole thing. What was your inspiration to write a book? Because a lot of people maybe could go through something hard like this and then have a successful year. Why the book? Yeah, you know, I think that like, I, I, I've been very inspired by other like you are one of them other people's journeys that have been unapologetic in sharing and vulnerably sharing what they've been through to kind of put them on their path. And I figured I was at a place that I um, had had good, um, had, a, had enough distance from it was able to look back with a lot of love of even like the most challenging parts. And I was approached by a publisher of like, I really think that you should you should share your story. And initially, they wanted it to just be a straight up memoir, like a Devil Wears Prada type like fashion to, to, to witchcraft. Um, and I was really adamant about it. I want it to be a spell book and a memoir. And the first the first people I talked to were like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't exist. You have to choose one or the other. Um, and then I waited a year and was speaking at um, the Miami Book Fair um, about just about my tarot deck. The book hadn't been written. And someone else approached me and was like, I would like, you know, even if you don't work with us, I'd really think you should share the story. And they totally got the the what I was creating of that it was a modern day grimoire that it was both my story and then at the end of each chapter what came through even those like dark parts the scary parts the hard parts um and the spells that I created or the elixirs that I came up with as a result and they were like oh yes like absolutely we love the concept so I and that's another I think example of trust timing trust when there are delays trust when doors are shut because I'm really glad I waited and more was revealed in my life in the time that I waited in between the first publisher approaching me and then when it finally came out oh that's fabulous so i'm sure you've gotten some feedback from people have you have any stories of people who like read your book and made the shift or made the change or healed or stepped into their yeah thank you so much um i feel like that's one of the most rewarding parts for mm -hmm. sure because there are a lot of people that maybe didn't even think they connected they were like i'm not a witch or they didn't connect with that and they were realizing things that they were calling in or ways that they were working with intentions or infusing things or working with their own version of rituals that now are starting to dive more into that. And they feel that there's less fear of if they, if they felt like they were either, well, I'm not a witch. It feels, it, it doesn't feel right for me to do that. Like I don't have enough knowledge or I don't have it in my family or in my background. And then there are um, a lot of people that talk about acknowledging um, problems that they had with addiction. Like I was a, definitely like an undercover addict for a long time and working in fashion in New York, like it's very easy to party like old school Lindsay Lohan and get away with it. Cause you're kind of like going to events, you're, you know, you're, you're out and about playboy had a bar in the office. Like that was part of the culture <laughs> even. So that was very much my lifestyle. And so one of the other beautiful parts of people that have told me either they've struggled with um, depression and nobody knows, or they've struggled with addiction and they didn't identify necessarily as an alcoholic, but reading my story, they, it, it, they were realizing that, oh, okay, like I, I do want to heal this and I can do it. It doesn't have to also be in cookie cutter ways. Like I didn't heal in necessarily a traditional fashion and plant medicine and witchcraft had a lot to do with my healing journey. Oh, that's beautiful. I did read that about um, I, I, you had a plant medicine ayahuasca journey. Was that? Yeah. Wonderful? Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, there's many, many ways there. Many ways there. I like plant medicine as well. So tell us about your tarot deck. So you have your very own tarot deck. 
Yeah. So that was, it's funny because both with um, the book and the deck, it was something that I'm so grateful that I did. And when the opportunities came up, I was so excited to do it. But the, unlike the book, it wasn't a publisher or anyone that approached me. I was still, um, I was living in Manhattan and I was teaching small classes and also had, um, I was doing live readings on Instagram uh, several years back and um, teaching through my podcast. So I decided I was going to create a deck just to like illustrate the way that I taught because I, I teach in a very kind of pop culture driven way of giving examples. Like, so for example, my deck, like this is just what's on the bottom. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is justice um, because that's kind of like the, uh, the balance of the, the elements of air and water and like intuition and intellect and doing what's fair and just and boundaries for ourselves in the world. Um, then like the hero fence Oprah, because it's the teacher of life lessons and aha moments. Because I feel like a lot of these cards, I mean, they're beautiful. And I love the original deck, like the Smith Rider White deck is what I had learned and what I read with. And I love it. But um, I feel like a lot of the, when people are brand new to tarot, it can be intimidating of like, what's a hero fan? What does that even mean? It's not in our language today. So it's like, it's like Oprah. It's like aha moments and like the super soul lessons. And um, I have like Betty White as the world of kind of all of the things we've moved through. It's ruled by Saturn in those like Saturnian moments that take us into um, having the knowledge as a result of that. So I would teach in those ways. And my best friend said like, you should create your own deck because I illustrated, because I illustrated the deck as well. Cause I um, mm. was in fashion for so long yeah amazing those are so i love that i have betty white in the tarot deck and ruth bader gives ah so thank you so yes you guys so so we'll get to where you can get it all after but that congratulations that's good because people have asked me about a deck and i'm like uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, that just seems overwhelming to me for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely, if I like, if I do another one, I definitely would, um, like hire an illustrator and have more cause it, it was a lot, but I think I was just in, I was just starting. It was my podcast. I've been out for a little bit. I think I was just starting and I would just illustrate like whatever card I was kind of feeling the energy of that day. I didn't even do it in order, like sitting there, like at my coffee table, and, um, but it was, it was quite a journey to illustrate it all and like create the guidebook myself, but it was also a really almost like diving back into the energy of each card even more deeply in terms of choosing the symbology, choosing the icon that I wanted to illustrate on the card. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a really great learning deck. If you're just diving in, you're wanting to kind of explore tarot and have an easy way to remember each card. And that's why I chose kind of like iconic empowered women as each of the cards of like, why is this energy? Why, why is the hero fan like Oprah and then being able to as that card is pulled like oh yes I remember what that's about I, I understand why um that that you know that card is is for for that iconography and for that archetype oh that's fabulous okay so you mentioned your podcast I texted the city is about the cutest name for a podcast ever so tell us about that yeah, um, I do a weekly energy update of just what's going on with the stars astrologically, um, what tarot cards in terms in terms of the astrology, because each tarot card also has an astrological ruling or a planetary ruling. So like what cards we're working with based on what's going on in the cosmos. Um, and I have awesome, awesome guests come on that some some that are also um, in, in kind of like the esoteric, the, the witch world, and some that have gone through their own transformations, dark, dark night of the soul that that shifted course in terms of what they were doing work wise 
lives or what, where that took them on their journey. So it's a mix between kind of energy updates, a little like witchy weather update for the week, and then having some really amazing, amazing guests on. And yeah, my goal in that was just making witchcraft and tarot more accessible and more approachable because I am very much like witchy Carrie Bradshaw. I thought when I got into this world, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be accepted because I had this like vision in my mind of like what that looks like. And I love it's that's why I love all everything that you create and all all of the the ways that you teach and put your magic out to the world because you're this like beautiful like Hollywood witch. And I'm like, okay, yes, like this feels like accessible. Um, so that was very much my goal too, is just kind of you can still be you. I'm still a city city girl that like wears stilettos, but I also I'm like burning bay leaves in the morning to, you know, to call to call things into my life. And that's really uh, was the goal in Hex in the City is that there's no one right way to do it. It's kind of just working with who we really are and then like bringing the magic through all of like what you what you shared earlier of all of even those dark experiences adds all add up to make us like uniquely ourselves on our journey. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the biggest lessons that there isn't a one way to do it. Everybody thinks, am I doing it wrong? One of the first questions, I don't want to do it wrong. Yeah. Let's yeah. Wrong. Let's get past there's a wrong. You know, they're really, it, it's all your intent and what you're going. So um, this is fascinating. I know my people are going to love you. So before we go, tell everybody where they can find you online, your books, your social media. Yeah, everything. It's really easy. It's, everything is just CardsyB. So C-A-R-D-S-Y-B. So CardsyB.com, CardsyB on Instagram, CardsyB on TikTok, anywhere that you kind of consume your witchery. If you just type in my name, that's it. Everything is there. The book, the deck. I still do one-on-one -on -one sessions. Um, I do coaching programs to tap into your intuition through tarot and other divination tools. So you can find all of that at CardsyB.com or CardsyB on Instagram or TikTok. Perfect. Thank you. I'm going to follow you. So everybody else do the same. Um, oh my God. You are just adorable. And you are the Carrie Bradshaw of the witch. <laughs> I mean, you have the whole vibe and I love that. And it's exactly what we need right now. So thank you for bringing your magic to the witching hour. Thank you so much.